Welcome, everyone, to the Religion Unplugged podcast. I'm Robert Carl, professor of theology at the King's College. And today I'm talking with James Winans, who has worked at the Bowery Mission for 20 years. And uh, this July, he was appointed by the board to be president and CEO for the Bowery. The Bowery Mission has been serving New York, the homeless in New York City for 150 years. Their work is more important now than ever. So welcome, James. Thank you for having me. This has been a extraordinarily unfamiliar territory, I imagine, for, for the Bowery this year. Yeah, it's been it's been unfamiliar and terrifyingly familiar territory, I'd say. Um, and it kind of the beginning story for me is really um, at the beginning of March, we knew there was a coronavirus. At the time, we called it the coronavirus. We didn't have a name COVID-19 for it yet. And um, we were still serving our meals indoors. So on a typical day at the Bowery Mission, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have 250 people come indoors for a meal. They'd walk through a cafeteria line, um, sit down at round tables in community and share a meal together. And um, we had a reporter who came in and she was reporting on the coronavirus. She sat down at one of the tables with me and one of our meal guests and said to our guest, how do you expect the coronavirus to change your life? And the guest uh, was eating his meal. He thought about it for a moment. He looked up at the reporter and he said, I don't expect the coronavirus to change my life. People already treat me like I have a virus just because I'm homeless. Yeah. And that was such a heartbreaking statement to me. Um, and then over the next couple of weeks, we saw New York City shut down and we told everybody to stay at home. And the Bowery Mission serves thousands of New Yorkers who do not have a home to stay in. Mm -hmm. so it was a very confusing time for our guests, a very confusing time for us in some ways. Uh, but we said we just have to keep uh, those without a home at the top of our priority list because they're not at the top of anyone else's priority list right now. You've had to redo the way you serve meals and redo the way you, you house people. That's true. So on March 16th, we were serving meals indoors, just as I just described. And then the following day, we um, decided that all of our meal service had to happen outdoors. And it was incredible that day to be there uh, at, at our Bowery campus because it felt like we had gone back 100 years. And the Bowery Mission used to run bread lines outdoors um, for those who are impoverished in New York City. And here we were doing it again. And people were walking up to me with you know, just a bagel and a cup of coffee and expressing so much gratitude that we had stayed open uh, when everything else had shut down. And, um, and I said to myself, we've got to, we've got to figure out how to do this better. Um, and so the team has figured that out over the course of the year, we've been serving meals outdoors uh, every day since the middle of March. Uh, at one point, our line swelled to double the number of people that we were used to seeing. Uh, and many new people were on our lines, people who had recently become unemployed um, had lost their jobs because they worked in the hotel industry or the service industry, tourism, restaurants, and now they were relying on the Bowery Mission for emergency food. Um, and so, so food has been a big focus for us. And like you said, we've had to change everything about it. The food is packaged to go. Um, we did that on Thanksgiving Day as well. And Connected with that uh, is something that I, I wasn't immediately thinking about, which was hygiene, mm -hmm. right? We we're also telling people the way we're gonna defeat this virus is to stay clean, right? Keep our hands clean. But 
what happened when we shut down New York was that we actually shut down all of the informal places to wash for somebody who doesn't have a home or an office to go to. Right. And so somebody who's used to washing up in the library bathroom or washing up at Starbucks or a rec center um, could no longer do that. And so we, we saw people's hygiene degrade very quickly mm -hmm. at exactly the wrong time. Um, and so we've partnered with a, a partner called Showers of Blessings. They have a, a modified van that has two private shower units inside um, and it parks in front of the Bowery Mission almost every day so that we can offer a, a private and safe place for people to wash up. And we provide the clothing from uh, the clothing that's generously donated to the Bowery Mission. We've also made toilets publicly available since the mi middle of March um, because so many, so many public restrooms are closed. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult time to be without a home. And uh, what about the sleeping arrangements at the Bowery with the distancing and all of that? Good question. We, we still have five locations at the Bowery Mission where people stay with us overnight um, and typically in dormitories or shared bedrooms. And so um, early on in the, in the pandemic, we, um, we had 325 people staying with us. And we said, we're not actually going to reduce the number of people staying with us because there's not a good alternative at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, we would literally be putting people out on the street. And so, you know, how do we incorporate new cleaning protocols? How do we move the beds around so there's more distance? How do we create isolation spaces uh, for people to be in when they're symptomatic and, and ill? Um, uh, you know, how, how do we incorporate mask wearing? How do we do a lot of public health education with our own guests and clients about why it's important to be wearing a mask indoors and, and all of this. And so, um, so, so we did all of that work. And then uh, this summer, as we realized we, we are in this for the long haul, we're facing a really difficult winter. Um, and there are some reasonable alternatives being provided by the city for, for people to stay uh, in hotel rooms and the like. Uh, we actually did um, reduce our numbers somewhat um, so that we could create additional distance in the building. Um, uh, between beds and, and, and people um, uh, moving through the buildings. Um, but we still have 250 people staying with us in five locations. And the incredible news is that we, although we've had a few positive cases of COVID, we have not experienced community spread. We have not uh, kind of had that domino effect uh, happen in any of our buildings at this point. And we're prayerful that, uh, that we'll be able to continue to prevent that through the winter. Have any rescue missions had this domino effect? They certainly have. And so we, we feel very grateful that, um, that we've been able to avoid that. And Bob, many rescue missions around the country actually made a decision that we did not make here. And they said, uh, if you are in our residence, you get to stay. But if you're not in our residence, you cannot come in. Mm -hmm. They, they stopped accepting new people into their programs. And at the Bowery Mission, we decided that we would continue to accept people into our residential programs. You know, how do we bring people in, in cohorts in a way that's safe and healthy? Um, and, and so we've continued to do that. And I'm, I'm very pleased to say that we now have 120 people in residence with us who are homeless at the beginning of the pandemic. That, um, that even in this most unusual circumstance, the Bowery Mission has been able to continue its good work of helping people come off the streets into a community of care and overcoming homelessness. Yeah, 
it seems to be getting worse in New York. I mean, you just walk around Midtown, walk, walk around downtown, you just, you see a lot more homeless people on the street. You see a lot of mental illness on the street. Uh, is, is that your impression that this is a crisis that is um, growing in magnitude in the city? Well, I think it is a growing crisis. And I think, um, I think we will continue to see it grow as people are out of jobs for longer periods of time as yeah. Eventually, we have a reckoning with this eviction moratorium that we're that we're under right now, where, where landlords are not allowed to evict their tenants. At some point, the rent is going to come due, right? Um, and so we're we're anticipating increased need. But I do wonder um, if what we are all noticing on the streets of New York is not just what happens when kind of New York's most respectable citizens are not visible to us. Right. Mm -hmm. There were there were moments in April and May where I would be um, traveling around Manhattan on foot and I'd be on the block and I realized there is nobody else on this block who is outdoors, who is not in. It, it, the only people out here are in extreme states of distress. Yes. Right. Be that homelessness, be that mental illness, be that hunger. Right. You know, I'm only seeing people in trouble yeah. um, because everyone else has has. Um, you know, fled indoors to their home, maybe fled the city. Um, and um, and so, so homelessness just became that much more visible to me and I think to all of us um, during this pandemic. So I think on some level we are, we're seeing better our homeless neighbors because of this pandemic. How are you working with the city to solve this problem? Now the city, um, because the Bowery Mission is privately funded and we're, we're funded by people who generously donate and um, go on to Bowery.org and make a donation, if I may make a, a shameless plug. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we're privately funded and so, so we were not used to building relationships with the city, but we've discovered in this pandemic that we really do need to foster those relationships. And so, so over, the, over the course of the last 10 months, we have built um, uh, really important and vital relationships with the Department of Health, with the Department of Homeless Services, um, you know, so that we can um, be prepared to bring testing and eventually vaccination on site so that we can um, uh, have somebody to call when we have somebody who's ill um, and needs to get to a city funded hotel room um, so that we can have our plans reviewed by the Department of Health so that we can be utilizing best practices. Uh, and learning uh, from from what what our our government agencies are are are, are learning about this this um, virus. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure exactly how it got started, but I'm sure the city was looking at two issues: one, lots of people experiencing homelessness in congregate shelters and the concern about community spread there, um, and then lots of lost revenue in the hotel industry. Um, and so somebody had the idea to to solve. Two things at once um, by by moving residents of homeless shelters into uh, single single room hotels, and so um, uh, you know I think I think this is a good idea for people's physical health. Um, you know I think it's probably part of how the city has slowed the spread of the virus, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think we're speaking enough about what that isolation means for uh, folks whose mental health was already compromised, um, uh, you know, now, now they're further isolated from others in, in a hotel room. And, um, and it's not surprising to me that some of those, those mental health issues then play out on the streets in the neighborhoods around, around yeah. the hotels. 
Uh, it's not a not a primary strategy that the Bowery Mission is employing, but but can certainly understand why the city did that. We move, we're going to have a very unusual Christmas this year. How are you going to make Christmas special for the people you serve? Yeah, well, that you know, I think Bob, I think that uh, we're all experiencing on some level um, some of what our homeless neighbors have experienced for a long time, yeah. right? Where where holidays are are, are times of potentially isolation and loss um, that that maybe we're not we're not used to. You know, I this will be the first year that our family doesn't travel to spend Christmas with my parents mm-hmm. um, uh, because they're they're in their 80s and and um, you know potentially compromised by our, our visit, so we won't be going there. And and that's a you know that's a loss. That's a sadness. Um, and these are the kinds of holiday losses and sadnesses that. Um, people experiencing homelessness are used to, um, unfortunately, um, because the bridges are burned with family, because the family tried to help and gave up, because um, somebody's active addiction means they're not welcome at the Christmas table, and um, and so so we do we do want to make this uh, a time of communicating to our guests and clients. You're welcome at the Bowery Mission. The Bowery Mission is home for you, and that's why. Uh, you know, that's why we've decorated our residence. That's why we've been um, uh, having uh, Christmas parties um, uh, with our residents in a safe and socially distanced way over the past few weeks. Um, you know, that's that's why um, on Thanksgiving, we celebrated our 141st Thanksgiving this year mm-hmm. at the Bowery Mission, um, a tradition that goes all the way back to 1879. And um, we did it all outdoors. Um, and we, we serve to-go meals, which is, our, which is what we typically do. But those to-go meals were traditional turkey dinners. They were hot, um, served in a to-go box. And then there was a safe and socially distanced uh, seating area on Rivington Street around the corner from Bowery. Um, uh, we had live music and people could sit at one end or the other of a six-foot table, six feet away from the next table. Um, but, but it was a festive atmosphere. It was a welcoming atmosphere. Um, and, and we want to we want to continue to communicate to people experiencing homelessness um, that that the Bowery Mission is a place of, of welcome, community, and a place of transformation. Yeah, you've had you you guys have recently had a merger with the New York City Rescue Mission and with Goodwill. Yeah, that's right. And so in in 2016, we merged with Goodwill Rescue Mission in Newark, New Jersey, which is mm-hmm. which is not Goodwill Industries. That's often confused. Yeah. Um, and then in 2017, we merged with New York City Rescue Mission, which many people still know by the name of the, the founders, the Macaulay's, the Macaulay Mission. Um, and so now we all operate as one, uh, as the Bowery Mission. And, you know, that, that uh, I think makes us more effective, that we're not, um, uh, that we're not uh, competing for resources, that we're not um, making referrals between agencies when we're uh, working with somebody who's experiencing homelessness, um, that, we, um, that, that, that we're united in our, in our work together. Um, and so, so I, I just imagine that our response to this pandemic was that much more um, uh, coordinated uh, than, it, than it would have been if we had been separate organizations. Yes, one, one of the things that the Bowery does is it brings together people who are in vastly different social spheres in New York. I mean, you bring together, I mean, I I know that there are some very wealthy people 
who are supporting the Bowery, some celebrities that support it. And of course, you, you have very poor people, destitute people in your mission. And, and, I, and also there's secular and religious people mm-hmm. involved in, in supporting the mission. Just tell me how, how you are able to bring together such diverse groups of people. Mm. Well, I think, you know, we, we are a faith-based mission. We are a Christian mission. And I, you know, I think we have to give credit to, to God here and, and say, you know, well, isn't this, isn't this where Jesus wanted us to be? Um, you know, a, a place of, of welcome, radical welcome for all, radical hospitality for all, a place where um, those with privilege and wealth um, would meet and sit and, and commune with those um, who had very little um, materially. Um, and, uh, and a place where, where you're welcome, uh, regardless of your faith background, regardless of your, um, willingness to profess a particular kind of belief that, that you are welcome at the Bowery Mission. Um, you know, I, 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 I say to our staff, uh, on Thanksgiving that, you know, we're going to serve a lot of people on Thanksgiving and, and this is true every day. It just gets highlighted at Thanksgiving. We're going to serve a lot of people who, um, are disconnected from their family right now because of their homelessness, because of their addiction, because of their poverty. Um, but we're also going to serve folks who come with similar heartache, who are actually going to come looking pretty good. Um, you know, they're going to come, uh, uh, you, you know, looking like they haven't put all together. They're coming to volunteer, mm-hmm. um, but they're coming with some of those same heartaches. They're coming with some of those same addictions. They're coming with some of those same um disconnection with from their family the reason they're at the bowery mission may be that they can't be with their you know their ex-wife this thanksgiving and their kids um you know those kind of stories walk in the bowery mission's door every day too and so um so we we are so much more alike and similar than we think we are um with with someone someone experiencing homelessness or somebody experiencing great wealth is are not that different yeah, uh, have how do you get volunteers in this kind of environment? Have you had a have you had a drop in the number of people who volunteer? We have. We we probably have a, a third of the the number of volunteers that we're used to um, having. Our staff have had to work extraordinarily hard this year because uh, many of them are doing things that we're used to handing off to volunteers. Um, and I understand this is not the right time to serve as a volunteer for many, many people, um, mm-hmm. right? And, and we, we have not been impacted as deeply as perhaps many of the food banks uh, in New York City and food pantries um, that were staffed primarily by retirees who are volunteering, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and because of their age and health um, are not able to come out right now. Um, but, but we have had volunteers serving with us every single day. Um, including some incredible volunteers who um, who lost their jobs but had the means to um, to to come in and volunteer with the Bowery Mission um, and showed up every single day. I mean, they really became volunteer essential workers for the Bowery Mission. And so there, there continue to be volunteer opportunities at the Bowery Mission. Um, and so if people are in New York, um, I'll plug our website again, bowery.org slash volunteer is the place to go and, and see what See what's needed. How do you sustain yourselves spiritually in this uh, in this crisis? Well, I think I think we have never known so deeply um, 
this God who goes before us into all things. I mean, that's kind of been my um, my reflection is that, that God has not been surprised by this pandemic, that God does know what's around the corner. In fact, he's already gone before us into it. And so, um, and so we can trust God to make, make that path for us. Um, and um, this year, I think, has, has brought us to a new level of dependency, um, dependency on God and also on each other um, in that work, um, because um, we, we became painfully aware that we didn't have all the knowledge we needed, we didn't have all the resources we needed, uh, we didn't have all the people we needed, we didn't have all the, the time we needed to, um, to really care effectively for our neighbors in this pandemic. Um, and yet we felt deeply called to do that work. And so um, we, we stood in that place where we said, well, if, if God has called us to do this work, um, then certainly God will provide for the work. Well, I think this pandemic has really affirmed something that we've been working on for a couple of years, um, which is that the Bowery Mission for a long time has offered our, our services at the front door where we provide shelter and food and showers and clothing and medical care, right? That's kind of what we're perhaps best known for. Um, and the Bowery Mission has also, for a long time, provided residential care, where men and women stay with us for a period of time and get back on their feet. Um, but the, the linkage between the two was not always that strong. And so we've been working really hard over the last couple of years to build the bridge so that somebody who's you know literally experiencing homelessness right now can see a path into our residential communities to overcome homelessness. Um, and so we, we have a cohort of, of staff called ambassadors uh, who really it's their, their job to know people's names and stories and goals and, and, and motivate, help motivate those folks into a, 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 you know, a, a path forward, uh, as well as we've, we've built a cohort of social workers who can really help um, uh, our, our guests develop that plan for the future. Um, and so in the, in the months and years to come, I think um, uh, we, we will take the affirmation again of, of bringing 120 people out of homelessness into our residential programs during a pandemic um, and, and say, well, how much simpler ought this be when, they're, when the pandemic has passed? Um, and how do we continue to keep our focus on uh, the transformation of many, many lives? For the listeners, uh, if they ask, how can we help? What would your answer be? <laughs> well, it's a bit, it's a bit cliched, but, but uh, the first answer would be, please donate. Um, mm -hmm. The Bowery Mission really does rely on the generosity of, of many people. And, and many people are surprised what a small donation can do at the Bowery Mission, because we have so much donated food and so much volunteer labor. Um, you know, we, we can serve a meal for a dollar and 59 cents to a person. And that's often the beginning of a life journey off of the streets, right? Um, but it begins with something very, very small. And so, um, you know, whether somebody's able to contribute $40 or $400 or $40,000, um, we, we will stretch every dollar to help every person we can. Um, and I mentioned before, so, so the place to do that would be at Bowery.org. B-O-W-E-R-Y dot org. Um, but there's also a, a link there to volunteer and sharing your time coming and seeing what we're doing in person uh, can be transformative um, because you actually get to see the work on the ground and, um, 
and the, and the lives that you're actually helping. Well, James, thank you very much. This has been a, a, a really rich uh, time of sharing. And um, I, I wish you and wish everyone at the Bowery a very good Christmas, even under these circumstances. Yes. Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas. May God bless your work. Place. There's nothing special I like. I eat breakfast here, maybe lunch and dinner sometimes, you know? A very nice place. Though. You don't get, you don't get no hassles, you know, nobody bothers anyone, you know? I spend a lot of time here, most of my time. What are you doing down here? Nothing. Take it easy, man. Relax. You know? Nice. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, part of the man. If a clod be washed away by the sea, you're visitless, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a man of thy friends are thy own work. Any man's death diminishes me because I'm involved in mankind, and therefore never send a note for whom the bell tolls. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is part of the Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or the Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.